Guys, welcome to the J. Scott Outdoors podcast. Before we get going on this episode, I want to thank the sponsors of the podcast. I want to thank GoHunt.com, Cody Nelson, my friend of 20 plus years. I call him the glassing guru, the optics authority. He's the optics manager at GoHunt.com. If you guys have any optics needs at all, whether it be binoculars, spotting scopes, rifle scopes, tripods, anything to do with glassing, give the glassing guru a call. You can reach Cody at 702-847-8747. That's extension two. You can email him at optics at gohunt.com or you can text him directly on his cell phone at 602-399-3699. Ask him any question either by text or by call. I want to thank Cody for all the work that he does with the J. Scott Outdoors podcast listeners. I also want to remind you guys it's application season. There's not a better hunting resource than the Go Hunt Insider. Uh, For a free trial, you can go to gohunt.com forward slash jscott. You can also get a $50 Go Hunt Gear Shop gift card when signing up. Uh, I want to thank kuyu.com, kuyu ultralight hunting. Kuyu is the ultralight hunting gear that I've been wearing since 2010. Uh, go to KUIU.com and you can order directly. It's a direct-to-consumer uh, brand and they have phenomenal gear there at KUIU.com. I uh, also want to thank Phonescope.com. Use the JScott21 promo code to get 10% off on all orders. Also, Apex Ammunition. During turkey season, uh, the podcast gets sponsored by Apex Ammunition. Go to Apex Munition. Dot com. It's the home of the TSS, the Tungsten Super Shot. Uh, it's the best turkey uh, loads on the market. Go to apexmunition.com. Uh, guys, thanks for listening to the podcast. I also want to let you guys know that are listening for uh, Colorado um, information. I actually have a few elk and mule deer uh, tags available in Colorado on private land if you guys have an interest also doing an elk bear um, archery combo uh, reach out to me at jscottoutdoors uh, on instagram uh, or jscottoutdoors at gmail.com reach out and uh, for more information i'll be happy to share it with you let's get right to this episode guys welcome to the j scott outdoors podcast we're here in paradise valley arizona at my house in the backyard. If you hear the birds chirping, it's a beautiful day here, April day in Arizona. The temperatures are warming up, the flowers are blooming. I've got Cody Nelson, the glassing guru here with me. and Snakes are coming out. And our other co-host, Poppy Scott, she's around chasing uh, grasshoppers and squirrels out here in the yard, so you might hear her from time to time. Cody, it's been a while. Yeah, we, we've, we, you know, we kind of had to put a I don't know that we did that on purpose, but you know, you've been you've been, you've been traveling a little bit and doing some different things and Yeah, I think our in person podcast when COVID hit and everything, you know, as yeah. a precaution, we kind of tapered that down a little bit. Um and I've been out of town. I was in Florida and all over the place. But um it's now good I to have you. Now I know you're getting old. I am you visited I, Florida for a month. I turned forty eight and we looked around there. Uh, about five different cities, and we were the youngest people around. So. I'm just making sure you don't have dark socks with sandals no, Crocs, pulled up your Crocs calf. with no socks. <laughs> but, uh, I've definitely been accused of being an old fogey before. Um, it's great to have you. we got a ton of stuff to talk about here, um, one of which 
Um, everything that's going on with, you know, all these stimulus checks and everything. Stimmies. Stimmies. Uh, you know, bookings for the Gould's turkey, bookings for coos, elk, all the different animals that I outfit for. The bookings have been phenomenal. I think you at Go Hunt, being the optics manager there, um, in charge of that department, I think you've seen a real robust market and people out spending money. What What are you seeing out there? It's, I mean, you know, I laugh because someone called me the other day and and they told me they that, that was the first time I'd heard the use uh, the, uh, of the word stimmy, and he and, and I I kind of had I said well excuse me and they said yeah my sti- my my stimulus check is coming yeah and so I I guess that's a word now it's in. in uh, he was waiting for a stimmy check to get here, and he, I mean, he literally was, uh, you know, he called back a couple of days later, and, it, you know, I mean, people have uh, have funds right now, it seems like, and, and th- th- I, I, as far as, as the shop goes, I, Jay, I can't believe the volume. Yeah. It's, uh, it, it's, it's crazy, the, the, and it's consistent, and that, you know, I used to feel like we had seasons. We don't. I just don't feel like we have seasons right now. That everything is so spread out across, and you've got guys shooting, you know, all year long, and you know, scopes, and and you know, people are. I mean, they're buying stuff for shed hunting, and I mean, it. It's been. It's been nothing short of amazing. It's really exciting. Yeah. Well, um, it's to watch. it's been exciting for me being involved uh, somewhat. You know, with Go Hunt from kind of the beginning on the application side with the Go Hunt Insider, and then you know the launching of the Go Hunt Gear Shop, and you know obviously the bringing you on and a handful of years now, and being the optics manager, um, it's great to see the name recognition get um, delivered, if you will, from Go Hunt Optics, Go Hunt name to being known as um, you know the place to go for optics and. Um, I think a lot of that is because of your personal touch with every single customer. Um, are you still to this day uh, handling all of the calls uh, yeah. and fielding all of the questions? We, uh, yeah, I mean, we have a, a great team of people that that are are helping with that. Um, but it is allowing me to still stay, you know, connected to the buyer. Um, yeah, I may have to spend some early mornings and late nights helping and and. And uh, answering phone calls, texts, emails, whatever you know, whatever it comes down my my way. But I think that's uh, I think people appreciate it, and I think that you know, if anything, sometimes it's not even to be honest with you. Sometimes it's not even to to buy something. Sometimes it's just a piece of advice. Sometimes it's a hey, I can't get this part to go with this. How do I do that? So um, you know, I think you just keep helping people and making sure people know that you care and and ultimately you're there to help them and and i think that's the that's the beauty of go hunt since the beginning is is that they've always wanted to create and and put together a a a really good product um i think that they've uh uh i mean you know just in the sense of you know the content that we're putting out you know the the content team is just they're they're so busy it's 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 fun to watch um, they've been uh, uh, the response that we get back from our YouTube channel and and all the articles that we put out and everything. Um, you know that that's been nothing short of amazing, and uh, and we've been really, you know, really fortunate to be able to keep doing that and um, in in providing that for customers and and it, the response has just been overwhelming. So yeah, I mean, I get. Uh, about three or four times a week, if not more, and, and certainly it seems 
there are a few seasons where about every day I'll be getting a message um, and, you know, response to the personalized touch that you've that you've provided to customers. And I think that's just a direct testimony to how you treat each um, sale, if you will. Sure. Um, you don't treat it as a sale. You treat it as a long-term relationship. You know, it's the metric shows up in a right. sale. Um, but I believe ultimately the metric shows up over time as you build those relationships. Yeah. And you have customers that keep coming back and coming back and telling their friends. Um, so that one, one at a time approach, you know, you hear in sports, you hear, you know, guys talking about one game at a time, you hear in golf, you know, one shot at a time. I think you've taken that approach with go hunt from the beginning of one customer at a time. Yeah. And now the amazing expansive growth, explosive growth, um, you know, I think just directly comes back to what you've been doing. Yeah, and and by the way, I I, I probably need to. Yeah, this is a good time to to announce that uh, I'm no longer um, I'm no longer extension number two, and I fell short of my goal of hitting number one. Were well, you it, one and a half? It's yeah, I I think so. I might have creeped up a few points there, but uh, but honestly, yeah. I mean, it, it's when people call in now. Um, you'll you'll go. Um, we we have people that are are basically answering the phones and directing it to the correct, you know, uh, you know what their needs are, and so um, it's you know we're just doing things um, to help our customers out. So, well, um, we've got a bunch of I put out on Instagram uh, questions and and a Q and A session with you and ask people to to ask you about glassing, ask you about gear and optics, and we've got a bunch of questions to bounce through but it's good uh, having you here i'm looking forward to um getting us getting to pound through some of these questions because i know people get so much value from it and um yeah yeah i mean jay it's just it's i mean truthful it's just good to be here and it's uh i'm glad that things seem to be coming back to some normalcy and we're able to do things and my kids are in school and you know my wife is in school and it's uh I mean, you know, quite frankly, it's just, I mean, we're sitting here in beautiful weather and I mean, what better to do than talk about what I love most and that's optics and, and putting them in the field. Right on. Well, let's start tackling a few questions here. All right, Cody, we've got a question here. Why the 115 BTX over the others? Because it's the biggest. <laughs> <laughs> Bigger better. Um, you know, I, I get this question a lot because the... I mean, and look, the modularity of the system is the beauty and you get to do what you want and you get to, to figure out which one fits in, in that, that lane or, or, or what you're trying to do. And, and, you know, for me and for what I use the, the, the BTX for most is glassing at long distances. And, and when I say long, I'm going to say out of the reach of my normal you know, fifteens uh, uh, and twelves, and get, getting out of that realm, and and probably more into the to the miles, if you will. Um, and I think people, you know, the question that they ask is, is well, you know, why would you need that? And and when you're looking at those distances, especially in low light, I will take every advantage I can get, 
And if that means that it's just a minuscule, more light to my eye in the morning, and that's why I choose the 115. It doesn't give you any more field of view than the 95. It doesn't give you any more power. But I will take whatever band of light I can get to my eye that that helps me see better. Um, and there are there, there there's been some guys ask the question. Well, you know, I like I still like the 95. Well, that that's okay. I'm just saying that the the 115 has a bigger exit pupil. Uh, I believe the numbers. You know, last time we talked with Tom. I, you know, I think it's 46% more surface of, of, of glass on, on the 90 or on the 115 than there is on the 95. I'll, I'll take any advantage I can get. And in short, that's my answer. Yeah. I think overall, when you're really splitting hairs between the 95 and the 115, it's just a light gathering. Yeah. I think there's, you know, when you use them both a lot, there's a noticeable difference in the 115 in those low light periods when you do need the bigger objective. And I think the bigger objective pulls its weight sure. in those, well, in uh, those seconds and uh, in those minutes, if you yep. will. And I think the, the, the and Jay, I, I'll, I'll say this right now. The, the best examples that I saw of it were the photos that you from last year on the odd six. Yeah. I, I didn't think that, the, I mean, I didn't think there was a, a question of that. Yeah. It, I mean, the, the performance was, you know, spoke for itself. Yeah. All right. Next question. Best range finding binoculars, Leica, Swarovski, or Zeiss? Well, that's a really back me in a corner kind of a question. Um, look, I'm going to answer this question as diplomatically appropriate as I can. They're all good. They all are th the best part about what's happening with rangefinders today. And I just hope that people understand that, our, like, you know, our, our true customers, that it takes time to develop these things. And if it was so easy, they would have already done it, kind of a question, right? Or kind of a statement. But we now have three binoculars that basically have weather stations that will literally, you know, bluetooth and and connect with your phone or app or and that you can you know hold rifle information and data it, we didn't have that too many years ago and so they just keep getting better and better um you know the question you know always was you know which one had the better glass right now i gotta be honest with you with with Sarovsky's new uh, uh 10 to 42 uh, eo range ta um the truth of it is I think that glass, they made the field of view wider. Um, it's cleaner edge to edge. It's actually Swarovision glass now. Um, the glass prior to that has always been the, the regular EL glass, um, you know, from its origins. So it's not that I just, you know, I, I think there's a lot of things to say, okay, which one's better? But um, for me right now, the one that I've been playing with the most has been the the the, the Swarovski because it's brand new. and And we will have those... Um, it's still on, you know, uh, in a back order situation, and and we'll have more of those coming here soon. I've got a, a bunch that are uh, that are on their way. Tom, hint, hint, uh, get them coming, big dog. Um, but uh, you know, I mean, I mean, e equally so. The the Zeiss, um, you know, you have ambidextrous, you know, button left or right. Um, you know, the the Leica, you they basically. You know, for the GeoVid, they created a whole new body design, you know, to, to, to get more light to the eye and make it more efficient. And, and it, it, they all do good. 
And so what I, you know, what I'm trying to do and, and help people decide these things, which one works better for you? Which one of those, you know, what's your criteria? And I, you know, you try to help people with it, but you know, for me just to say that one just, oh my God, you know, unbelievably better than the other right now, I think it's, I think the, that those units are, are really doing awesome. Well, don't you think too, you, you need more data from the question, the person that's answering the question, what type of hunts, is he more rifle, is he more archery? You know, what kind of conditions are, is he high desert? Is he low desert? Is he mountainous? Is he, is he in dark timber? You know, there, there's lots of things with each one of the units that kind of shine within certain elements. Um, and so it is a little bit of a loaded yeah, question. I think it's that's a, the, where you the, want to spend the, well, some time with yeah, someone. Yeah, that, that's and, the one-on-one that I can ask questions and go, well, what are you trying to do? Are you, you know, and then you find out, well, the guy's a 400-yard, you know, max shooter, and he's never going to even try to attempt to shoot 1,000 yards. That's uh, To me, that's a whole different piece of gear sometimes. So, yeah, that, it, right now that's kind of my answer, and I'm sticking to it kind of thing. Next question, are there any fixed power spotting scope options that save ounces, save money, but deliver results? So he's looking for pound for pound money. There there are some stuff out there, and if that person wants to call me, um, there are some options out there that I'd be more than happy to go over with them. Um, Right now, I I, I just, you know, to go over it, I I don't sell that particular brand. so I'm, I'm not going to really tip my hat to that. Um, but at, why would you want to fix power well, spotting scope? That, was, that would be my question. The, the, I've asked, you know, that's an interesting question, but I've always asked Sarovsky when I first, I mean, when I initially first saw the, the modularity system, the first thing I asked was, when you, if you had the 65, is there a way that you can build, like, you know, you know how the 1.7 was, is there, can we build an eyepiece that would give you just a fixed power that would, for a backpacker, that if a guy was using 10s or 12s, that he could have 30 or something, 35 power just to give him that extra, you know, really good, you know, uh, lightweight, but yet, and, you know, I, I hope to gosh that they're working on that, but I, I don't know. I've asked for it. Um, there are some, uh, you know, there's some 21 power eyepieces out there. You know, Swarovski used to do a 30 power. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, some people might think that, that just having the fixed power, um, there is some intricacies that go on that when you do a, um, uh, a variable power, you have to have a certain amount of, you know, focal length in there. And some would say that that draws away from the, the, you know, the Christmas of the crispness of, of the glass. And you, there's a lot that goes into that. So, um, yeah, I would tell you that sometimes if you just have a straight fixed power, you know, on a regular spotting scope, yeah, you could actually get really clear images and, and, but again, the kind of things that we do, Jay, like somebody might want to fix power because they're sitting at a bench and they have a stagnant target, right? But for what we do, sometimes the distances are always different and we turn up the power, you know, as those change. So, you know, it's kind of a backward, you know, a, a back and forth, you know, depending on what you need kind of thing. 
Next question, why does my low mid dollar 20 to 40 by 60 scope look crisp at 20 power but useless once zoomed in? Well, it's quality of glass. Well, it? there's yeah, there's a lot that goes into that. So, I'm not sure exactly what what optic he's talking about there. So, um there's a lot of things like where did we start on the glass, you know, I mean, is it a mid-tier glass? Is it is it, you know, like a beginner, you know, uh, setup. Um, but again, that whole variable, what, when you turn the, the power up or the magnification and go from 20 to 40, essentially you're literally decreasing your exit pupil to your eye. So you, you really have way less, you know, uh, ability that the aperture, you could have an aperture that's, you know, two, two inches around, but, when you go to look through it, you're still only looking through, you know, whatever the exit pupil is. So if your exit pupil was was three and it and it goes down to less than one and a half, you're by that time you're looking through a straw hole. So that's why it gets to be that point. Well, there, so truly the the real answer is that's why the quality glass shines because <laughs> like the Swarovski or or Leica or the Zeiss, when you crank up the power spectrum, when you go in higher power, that's Correct. why you have a better image. When you have a lower end, Correct. because of the lens coatings, because of the glass, yep. because of all the technology, that's why the spotting scopes that are cheaper, if you it, will, do not perform well at higher power. And, 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 you know, when people say, well, what's the difference between, you know, this high end and this low it's all those little intangible things that at that very moment that you need it to be perfect, it's those little intangibles that they've done along the way with the better coatings and all of that, you know, uh, uh, you know, process to get to a clear image. That That's what they've done. They, it's in essence like if you revved up a, um, you know, Kia to 6,000 RPMs <laughs> or you rev up a, you know, Ferrari Testarossa to 6,000 RPMs, you're going to get two totally different responses. They're both at 6,000 RPMs, yeah. but you're going to get two totally different exactly. responses. Exactly. That's a great, yeah, absolutely. Um, best optics for uh, for a budget, 500 and under. So I would assume he's talking binoculars. Um, yeah, the, the, the things that come to mind, um, just right off the top of my head, is going to be the, like, Vortex Vipers. Um, the uh, uh, Zeiss Terra EDs, um, uh, the the Leupold, uh Yeah, you're going to be a little bit above the 500 round. Um, but you know, look at the the, the Leupold BX4 Pros. Um, I have not seen the newest of the um, uh, uh, binoculars coming from Leupold, but there is a BX2 that's right around the corner that's we're taking delivery of it any day. So I'm excited to see that thing. So there's, there's a few out there that those are the ones that I would nail down first. If you're looking for a 1042 and you said Terra ED or, or Viper or even the, uh, the BX pro from loophole, you're, you're doing really good. Do you have anything, bino caps, straps, etc., on your binos while glassing off a tripod? Hopefully not no. ever. No. No. <laughs> ever. Can we get reverb on that? No, 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 no. Um, yeah, I get this question quite a bit, actually. Um, and more so than not, I maybe somebody sends me a picture and I ask them and, 
you know, they, they talk about, well, you know, the tripod does this and the, you know, I get all this vibration and I say, well, why don't you eliminate the things that, that, that vibrate? And he's like, well, what does that mean? So like, I don't use eye cups. I, I have my, my, you know, my, if it, certainly if it's my chest binoculars, but I have a padded case. No matter what I'm using, either it's in a chest harness or a padded case. So for me, eye cups hanging down, the wind starts blowing, you're, you're vibrating your optics. Um, a neck strap that's, that's hanging off the side, it's, e- e- even the smallest part of them will cause vibration. Uh, eye uh, cover. I mean, I, I, you know, any of those things, even neoprene covers. I can't stand any of that stuff. Um, you know, most every glass that I own, whether it's uh, whether it's demos or rather it's stuff I've paid for myself, I take care of my gear. I have padded cases. I I do everything I can to mitim- mitigate anything that will cause vibration. And, and the, the number one thing is I do not put things on my optics that, uh, that, will, that will allow for that. Amen. Is there a $1,000 price gap between 10 by 42 EL versus 10 by 42 NL worth it? So he's saying, is the price gap of 1000 between the 1042 EL and the 10 by 42 NL worth it? You know, uh, look, the, the NLs are amazing. And, I, I, and, and all it takes is one time, all, and, and, and I've done this three or four times now, and Tom and Joe at Swarovski, we've had a great time doing it, and there's just nothing quite like when you put them side by side and you go, huh, oh, wow, that was, that was pretty evident. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, I... I, I you know, I try not to spend people's money for them. I try to help them spend the money that's best for themselves. And I would just always ask somebody, you know, if, if you're if you're one of those guys that's going to sit on the hill or whatever and you're going to second-guess your glass, then you probably ought to buy the NLs. If I mean, and, and then let's talk about it. If you can't buy the NLs, you're still buying one of the best pieces of glass in the world. Ever made. Right. So what do we, you know, I mean, yeah, but there are, there are differences. I challenge people and I would challenge people when they're looking at binoculars in particular, all optics, to be honest with you, is try and break it down and say, how long am I going to own these? And what situations am I going to be in where these need to perform? If you are going on a lot of high performance hunts and expensive hunts and you're going to be using them a lot and it's going to be critical to have really good optics, then spend more money. Yeah. You know, some of these EL binoculars that I have laying around here, I've had for 10 years. Yeah. And I've used them Mm -hmm. thousands of hours. Yeah. And so it's really hard to take a, you know, 2,000, 3,000, 4,000, $5,000 pair of binoculars and look at them for just a one-time deal. When you look at them for years of, well, in one year, tons of hunts, tons of, you know, opportunities, and then you have them for three or four or five or 10 or 15 or 20 years, it's hard to, in my mind, it's hard to cut corners. Well, and Jay, and I've always talked about this. Look, if something buys you more quality time, and when I say quality, I mean, like, you're less eye fatigue and less vibration and less movement and less time off the glass. 
if it, it, and I'm not even talking about the low light conditions where you're getting better. I'm just saying if you could take that time and literally have it on a time clock and at the end of the hunt if someone said, "Oh, well, because of the glass, you got, you know, two extra hours this week." Well, if you multiplied that, Jay, over your glass that you've been using for 10 years, and every time you took them out, I'll bet you that's a lot of time. Yeah. So, I, I you know, in, in, an, in, in I mean, to, to wrap that up, I think it's worth it because it allows you more time behind the glass. And if everybody schedules these days, I will take every advantage I get to keep and stay behind the glass. Which optics company is closing the gap with Swarovski the fastest? And it's interesting. Is it closing the gap as far as quality? Is it closing the gap as far as perception as being the number one company? Yeah, I mean, that's, this a, question th- 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 that's a really tough question to answer. But look, when we started the whole Swarovski thing in the 90s and, and, and that you know became its... I mean, we, we have come so far from all that. And, and these glass companies, yes, keep pushing on it. And, and yes, the, the, there are companies that are, you know, uh, employing, you know, the Abbey Koenig prisms and, and all this stuff. And they're, and they're trying to make the best glass they can. Yeah. Um, they're, I mean, they're all doing a pretty good job of pushing up on that ceiling. But again, I, 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 I don't think of it as, well, you just have these three. I mean, but like, you know, a company like Koa, um, Vortex, I mean, they're all, you know, getting their glass from, you know, different places that are, that are trying to improve the way that they're produced and made. And it, it's getting better all the time. And I, I, don't, I don't know that there's just one company that's doing that. I think collectively, I think all the quote unquote you know quote unquote um but quote unquote all those companies are are pushing on you know those top tier glass and and you know i don't know are they ever going to reach that i don't know is that what they're trying to do like as a company are they trying to reach those guys i don't know that that's uh, yeah i think they're trying to close the gap but I, you know, the I don't know. The question is, as they close the gap, does Swarovski keep widening the gap? It seems like, and, you know, I love Swarovski. You know, I've used them for years. They've just worked for me for so long. And I, I have other optics from other companies. But, you know, the the thing about being a consumer right now in optics and in anything exactly. is that it's such a great time because competition is so fierce. And there are companies in every aspect of our life that are trying to close the gap and get better. I mean, it's, that's awesome. And to see it happening in the optics world. Yeah. I mean, to think where we're at now compared to where we were 10 years ago and then 20 years ago and then 30 years ago is mind blowing. Can you even imagine 10 more years what we're going to be talking about? That's the thing is, is that that's why that, 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 that question was important about the, the range finders and, and Jay, like, you know, I've always said, it you know kind of been my my go to thing when I'm teaching seminars is um, really simply put buy the best glass you can afford put it on a tripod and slow down when you glass if 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 you take just the first part of that and and you're talking about the best buy the best glass you can afford you know when that statement was really made you know I don't know 15 years ago honestly speaking 
Man, there was a big difference. I mean, there was, you know, there was, there was a huge difference there was between. A big gap. There was a huge gap, and and that's what that statement was trying to do is get people to get over the hump and, and buy the best glass. Well, you know, now it, it's maybe that first statement that I say is like, hey, look, you know, buy the best glass, but buy the best glass that's that's suitable for what you're trying to do. Right. Next question: Vortex LHT versus Leupold VX5. Man, um, talk about splitting hairs right down the middle. Uh, keeping so you me see them very similar, uh, buddy. Well, first of all, they're the, they're they're my two top selling selling scopes. Period. Bar none. Not even question. Those two fly out the door like you can't even believe. Um, so if you took a loophole with the fire dot reticle and the in the vortex with its uh, with its dot red dot reticle, um, I mean, man, that's just a tough question. They both. Uh, they, they both do such a good job. They're both three to fifteens. Um, you know the for, the 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 loophole's a forty-four millimeter. The 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 vortex is a forty-two millimeter. You couldn't ask a more like question. I think if you put either one of them, um, on a gun and and sighted in and went, and did, I think they're both going to work really really well for you. That's I'm sorry. That's a tough question to 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 to. To call on, I, I I don't know how to answer that question. Just to say, oh yeah, one's better than the other. When will the I, I'd be lying to you? When will the forehead rest for the EL range be available? Uh, yeah, um, they're on order. I know that for certain. They've been a real slow coming out of the, um, the uh, the, you know the manufacturers that that do those. Um, I I don't know where they come from. I don't know if it's a Swarovski actually being made by them or whether it's one of their subsidiaries. I I don't know the answer to that question, but they are on back order. I'm anxiously waiting for their arrival. Angled or straight for your spotting scope and why? Uh, Nine times out of ten for me, it's 100% angled. Uh, Quite simply, target acquisition. I want to be able to pull my binoculars off. Put my spotting Wait, scope angled? on. Angled? No, did I say angled? What? Yeah, and that's why I'm like. What? Oh no no no! I'm sorry. Straight. 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 I'm sorry. I just. I yeah. Uh, no. Ninety nine out of a hundred. Nine out of ten. Whatever you want to call it. I'm going straight. No questions asked. I want target acquisition, and I want to be able to pull my binoculars off and slide the 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 spotting scope right into the spot and be looking basically right where I was supposed to be looking. Okay, you threw um, me for a little bit. No, I'm, I'm so sorry. Yeah. So just to be clear, when you're glassing and you're sitting down and you're sitting in a stationary position and you have an angled spotting scope and a and you're glassing with your binos attached to a tripod and you spot a buck or a bull or a ram or something out there that you want to see and you can pull the binoculars off and immediately put the spotting scope on the tripod and not have to shift your sitting position in my opinion the straight spotting scope will outperform in target acquisition speed every time people can argue all they want and there's a lot of applications where angled spotting scopes are great and a ton of angled spotting scopes get sold yeah, and, probably and, and more not, than straight. Look, Jay, sitting right here in your backyard, I'll tell you right now, if I'm sitting here and I'm using a spotting scope, the angle of the mountain behind your house, yeah, I, I, I'm not going to lie. An angled looking up and just looking into the, the eyepiece, yeah, it would be more comfortable. Right. 
But if you're glassing and you see a buck well, and he's about to top over, that's right. And you need to get that spotting scope on that buck to tell it's, if he's a shooter or not. It's just easier to do it with a straight than it is. In, now, I know guys are good, and, and just so to put everybody at ease, I forced myself to use an angled spotting scope for an entire year. And I got pretty good at being, you know, but it doesn't change. You still have to lower your entire tripod to go from binoculars to a, to a spotter. And, and, you know, Jay, that brings up a whole nother other part of what people use spotters. And um, I don't use spotters as a way of glassing. It's, that's not how I do things. Right. I use binos or the BTX or I, I, I have other things to do glassing. Yes. Do I ever, you know, look at a far, far away slope on a hill and go, man, I, I can't really, you know, see that well. And do I zoom the power in and do that? Sure I do. But it's like we've always talked about 85, 90% of the time I'm behind, you know, a binocular or, you know, with both eyes of, you know, of some sort. Next question, Z3 versus Z5, looking for a lightweight elk gun build. Oh, I, I you know, between the two of those, I, look, I've sold a absolute boatload of the Z3, 4 to 12 by 50s, but I'm just going to tell you what my favorite mountain rifle, lightweight, I'd go Z5, 3.5 to, to 18 by 44 BT with a Plex or 4W. And I would never look back. I think that's one of the best mountain rifle scopes that, that we've ever made. Next question. I have a v, I have a Sure VA5 head that I got from GoHunt. Whenever I pan left, the head becomes loose and wobbles. Am I doing something wrong? Yeah, he doesn't have them tight enough on the, on the thread. So explain that. So, you know, I, it's funny. I had this question uh, yesterday from a client. Um... So and this goes with most tripod. Heads, oh no, this not is just yeah. Sura. This is if yeah, you don't have you, it tight. If you don't have it on right, um, and, and I'm not. I hope I'm not offending this guy. It, it's it's just I do this every day, so I see it. Um, simply put, the when you go to tighten the head, most of them, almost all of them, you're gonna turn uh, counterclockwise. If I'm thinking right, um, I'm sorry, clockwise to to tighten it. If you will take and tighten the panning uh, uh, lever to where it's tight and you can't turn the, the neck of the head, and about the time, right when you're about to get it tight on the thread, meaning the head to the tripod, if you will give it a little extra at that moment to where the actual panning part of the head is not turning with it, it will lock onto those threads. Now, with that being said, um, it's it's not beyond me to use a little bit of plumber's tape, and it's not beyond me to use uh, even a little dab of blue Loctite. But I'm that is a textbook. It sounds like he's actually what the part that's wobbling for him is that because he has the panning loose and the the head's not a hundred percent tight. When he goes to, to you know to set that drag, so to speak, he's actually able to unloosen the head right. off of the deal. So that's a bad thing. And I'll go a step further. That I mean, when you always set them up for me, I tell you I want them Loctite. Yep, I want it, 100%. so that sucker. And sometimes you say, well, yep. geez, Jay, if we go to switch the head, I say I want that sucker yep. tight as can be. I don't want it to come off. I yeah. don't want it to rattle. 
even a just a daub of clear uh, nail polish. Borrow it from your girlfriend. Do if you don't have blue Loctite, you know I I don't I don't tell people to use JB Weld or you know my girlfriend that. or my wife. Well, no, well, your wife. But I mean, if I'm just talking to the general <laughs> public. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I mean, a little clear nail polish goes a long way. So, I mean, something to lock that in there. What to look for when glassing first black bears other than the bear itself? You know, I, I don't, I think that's a, I don't know, that's probably a Rimza question. But, you know, my thing is, is um, bears for me, uh, you know, I, I, you know, I glass a lot of places where they, they cohabitat. So, but I, I'll just tell you, um, bears for me are where they, where I find them. Um, I've seen them on just about every slope. I've seen them on, you know, the darkest, thickest slopes in the world. And then I've seen them on the most open, sunny, you know, prickly pear. I think it has more to do with the feed that's going on at the time. Um, I, to me, I think that's what it's mostly about. They're, they're out foraging every day. And I think when they're on the move, they're either, you know, going to water or they're going to, to food. That's, I, I, I think it's more about the food source. And I'm going to tell you guys, if you're spring bear hunting this year in Arizona it, and a lot of the Southwest, it's going to be all about water. It's so dry yeah. out there. I'd really focus first your attention on your map and figure out where the water is and then get up where you can see some of those hillsides um and and you know like you said bears are it's not something i've spent i've seen tons and tons and tons of bears but it's not something that i focus on hunting yeah um and it seems like they can be every time i see a bear it seems random well no, um, that that's and that's what i'm saying i for me it's always been a a, a random thing it it um, I'm I, I'm not going to sit here and tell you I'm a bear hunter, but I'm I, I will tell you I when you watch a bear nine times out of ten there it's I mean it's about water or food. Yeah. Best vortex or any recommendations to pair with a Christensen seven millimeter? Well, I mean, I think well, I mean that LHT three to fifteen would be one of the first things I consider. That's just. You know, that's, you know, that's like bread and butter. I mean, they, they, they work together, and he'd get a lot out of that scope. So, yeah, that's what I'd look for. Are Swarovski STXs more expensive only because of modularity or dot, dot, dot? Um, how to keep track of, how to keep track of them until I, September? I don't exactly know. What well, uh, geez, um. So what I would tell you is, is the STS, the the S series versus the X. Well, yeah, there's certainly an element about the modularity, but I think people should know that, you know, I mean, the eyepieces on those, I mean, those are Swarovision eyepieces. Those are, you know, the, I mean, that's a that's a whole different eye. I mean, that it, it's not the same system. So yeah, I mean that that's I, I yeah I mean I would tell you yes there is a definitive cost difference between those two. And the second part, I guess I got my thing blended here, but part two, do they also have better glass than STS and ATS HD? Well, y yeah, I mean, and again, it's just those are whole new systems, and along with that. Te um, new technologies, new technologies, new lens yeah. New. Le the whole thing is that the, the, the whole modularity system is 
is is is a higher quality. Strategies strategies to mitigate heat waves. Well, you know, heat waves are always tough. Um, I, I, I the first thing I would tell you is is that um, I, you know, getting high. Like if you're on flat ground or you know flatter ground, you're gonna get heat waves, and sometimes more than less. But if you if you get yourself up away from the ground, so to speak, and create kind of an angle you will at least, you know. So you're saying the closer you are to the earth, the more heat waves you have. Yeah. So if your animal is on the ground and you're flat and you're, you know, you're going to have, you know, worse heat waves than if you were a thousand feet above looking down. Now you're, you're going to have heat waves on both sides, but I've just found that, that if I can create some space between you and the, you know, create some angle. What I've found is the, the more expensive and better quality glass and uh, binocular uh, 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 that you look through, the le- least amount of heat waves. You still have yeah. heat waves, but the cheaper it, binoculars seem to make it, the heat waves more prolific. Yeah, it, and I, I don't think there's any better thing to show you that than in the spotting scope world. Like when you're looking at really long distance and like, you know, when you're looking through really high quality glass, it's almost like you can see different, different waves, you know, like different pockets. I mean, you could have them going two different directions. I, I think that's fascinating, but yeah. um, Yeah. Good glass and, and, you know, trying to, to create space between you and the, I mean, you're still on the earth, but I mean, you're creating the angle between where your binoculars are and where the animal is. I've always found that that at least will help you. First time glasser, maximum setup distance for elk with 10 by 42 ELs on a tripod. Uh, Well, I don't know that I know specifically what it is. I mean, I think I can say that with 10s, I've seen elk at miles. Now, I, I don't know that I could tell you with that was a 300-inch bull versus a, you know, a 320-inch, a 320-inch bull. I, I don't, yeah, so. I think a lot of it depends on uh, light. You know, 10 by 42 ELs are phenomenal, and if you've got the sun at your back and you've got good conditions, I mean, you can see elk can from see a, a long way away. You can see away. elk a long way away. I think that the, 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 the most important part of that whole statement is is that putting tens on a tripod a hundred percent increases the 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 usability of those. The you know I, I mean I love fifteens, I love eighteens, I love you know bigger glass, but I, I find more and more talking to people every day that they really don't want to get big spotting scopes and whatever, but they just want to you know like create create a, a better system for themselves. Just put a tripod underneath it and go look at those those distances now with a set of tens, and I think people realize, holy cow! When you when you calm things down and 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 uh, and create a stable image, you really can. It 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 lengthens the, you know the 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 glass. I mean, it it lengthens it lengthens lengthens the use of them. I think people some people get ten by forty twos because of the ability to handhold, and they're probably sure. the great. The greatest all-around binocular as far yep. as, you know, power range. 
But I think they're blown away when they actually realize by putting those tens and stabilizing them how much more performance you can actually oh, yeah. get out it, of them. I mean, you're, you're, you know, you're at a four millimeter exit pupil, so you got a really bright image. And yeah, I mean, I think more people, you know, just putting a tripod underneath them would realize, man, you can see a lot farther than you think you can. Cody, uh, I've got a question here. So in my hands, I've got the Sure VH10 mm -hmm. uh, head, and I love that. Head. It's the big brother, if you will, to the Sure VA5. It is. And what I've noticed with this head, with some of the bigger spotting scopes, mm -hmm. with the BTX uh, setup, which, yep. by the way, I, th I thought of something on that first BTX question 115. There is something about the 115 objective that balances so well with the BTX oh, eyepiece. So that was, that was one thing I thought that when he said, why the BTX 115, there's a great balance there. But when you switch to this head, granted, it's heavier than the mm -hmm. VA5. It is. But the level of stability that you step up to in those bigger glass, in windy situations. Exponential. Is awesome. Yeah. Um, has this, would you say that this has caught on like you thought it would? I don't think it's, it just it's starting? not, it's not caught on quite like the, the, the VA five. Um, but the guys that are really using the glass and getting the bigger, heavier tripod and really wanting a stable platform a hundred percent are, are have I've gotten nothing but good reviews on that head yeah it's it's a it's an awesome one for sure um, yeah it's uh it, it it's a it's a good piece of gear and it's I, I can't even explain this and it, it is butter smooth oh you know, it's so smooth Cody when it comes to Sure mm -hmm. um, you're now carrying Sure tripod heads. Yep. You're carrying Sure tripods. Yep. You're, car you're selling packages. Yep. So you're also carrying slick tripods, yep. carbon fiber legs. Um, talk about, from your perspective, every day talking to customers and having the options of the different tripod legs, the different tripod heads, yeah. and being able to combine them. You know, I, I, it just allows you really to kind of create your own system. And by listening to a, a customer, um, you know, it, it, it basically it comes down to, you know, do you want to stand or sit? Do do you want carbon fiber, aluminum? Do you want flip lock, twist lock? Um, you know, do you want, you know, compactness versus, you know, uh, again, uh, height, you know, in your, or, 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 you know, in a compacted state, do you, you, you know, do you, does it have to fit in your pack or can it be on the side and be longer and, I mean, there's there's uh, there's some questions there that just have to be answered, and I, I as much as I do this, I spend a a a, a lot of time. I don't care how, how it, it it's one of the most challenging questions to work with somebody that that doesn't know tripods, and that you literally have to ask them questions because some people don't even know. They're like, well, I don't know what they, they they don't know the difference between a twist lock and a flip lock, you know. And and typically, twist locks, um, I, they come in and out of your pack easier. Um, I, I think they're they're a little bit more 
um, delicate when you're using them because you have to practice with them. Um, flip locks, you know, are, are really, you know, it, it's a flip lock of the, it's a, a flip of the thumb and you can deploy them pretty easily. Although I can do the same thing with a, with a twist lock now. Um, and I, look, I think the twist locks honestly are, are easier to keep clean. Um, I think that the, the, the flip locks you have to, you know, you have to spend some time and, and, uh, and make sure that they stay dust free and they start squeaking. Is what yeah, you're trying they, to say. well, they yeah they do a little bit of that and and you know inevitably they will. Um, but yeah, I mean if you're willing to put a little time behind them, um, flip locks generally snag up in your pack more than twist locks do. I, I've, I think I already said that, but you know that's a um, yeah. I mean it it just you just kind of have to work through all those things and and you know people want to stand versus sit and. Um, I always say sit first, stand only if you have to. Um, I, you know, there's probably some people that disagree with me on that. And I'm, and, and when I say that, I'm talking about, you know, Jay, if you said, Cody, I'm going to sit here at the house and, and I want you to find every rock squirrel on that thing. And I'm not going to stand and just kind of, you know, go at it just to, you know, kind of power glass around and. I'm going to start tearing up every rock pile on here and I'm going to do that by sitting down and, you know, I mean, so yeah, sometimes there's terror, you know, there's places that people go where they're, maybe they're in a burn that it's got more, you know, uh, undergrowth because it's, you know, it's a fresh burn and, and you got to stand up and you don't have as many places to do that. But I, you know, I just, I, I like, you know, I like tripods that, you know, are certainly versatile, but I would always, you know, go with a tripod that I sit behind more though than I stand. So there's there's just a lot of questions that go into that, Jay. So um again, that personal touch and listening to somebody and going, Okay, what what's gonna really work best for them? Are you a backpack hunter that's shaving total ounces in, in size? You know, or are you somebody who doesn't carry if you if you're six seven and you need, you know, a, a bigger tripod because you have to stand because you have a horrible back, I get it. I'll help you. Right. So but all of those things allow for me to put a tripod package together and, you know, let somebody pick what's best for their, their situation. Sure. And in truth, I, you know, I, I always have two tripods. I always have a, a lighter, you know, um, more compact one in my pack. And I have, you know, a heavier, uh, more stable one that's in the truck always yeah. that are compatible and use the same, you know, gear. Cody, it's always great having you on the podcast. I appreciate you coming out. Uh, guys, I want to remind you to give Cody a call at 702-847-8747. I always say extension 2, um, but there is a new extension. Yep. No, Well, yeah, just call and talk, and, and, and we will answer the phones, and, and they will get you to me. Okay. Uh, you can also shoot him a text. Um, he loves them about 2 or 3 in the morning. <laughs> Um, 602-399-3699. That's Cody's cell phone. Uh, he loves uh, texting back and forth with clients as well. If you need any optics, uh, any tripods, any glassing questions, anything for Cody, 602-399-3699. Uh, he's always reachable. Um, Cody, thanks for all of the great work that you do uh, with Go Hunt and being well, the optics manager and thank upholding you for that glassing guru nickname we're, that we're I coined a long I'm trying. Time ago That's for a you. yeah. I, 
I'm trying to uphold that. That's uh, it, it's uh, it's a lot of fun. It's my passion. It's what I like to do. Awesome, buddy. Thank you very much. You bet. Appreciate it.